Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, melting in the UK, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett, melting in the UK. It's literally like the hottest day on record, isn't it? Crazy. Crazy. 107 degrees today, so that's for old money. I think uh, for people with new money, it's going to be 42 in the UK. So I've never experienced anything like this here in uh, in England, in Merry England. I have abroad, but this feels completely different, doesn't it? It's like, where's the oxygen? So I just basically walk around all day long, waving my hands in front of my face. Yeah, I mean, like, whether you're watching from... Wherever you're watching from, if you're watching from abroad, English and British people might have a reputation of moaning about the weather. Uh, I I think it's probably because we're not equipped with air conditioning. I reckon that's the thing. Yeah, I it's think... the key, isn't it? It's yeah. the big thing. Like if you've got air conditioning, you can literally put it on in a room and forget that it's hotter than the sun outside. But again, in England, as you said, we do like to actually moan about the weather. Uh, I do think tomorrow it's going to be more like 22 or 23 degrees. Yeah, the weather's we'll, going to break. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll all have big smiles again. And we'll be like, this is kind of nice summer weather. But 41, 42, obviously never, ever been seen in England before. It's going to break all sorts of records. Um, it's not fun. It's like, you know, could you sleep last night, Scott? You know, I was walking around. No, I, I, two, I didn't. Two o'clock in the morning. Well <clears throat> I think I think it didn't drop below 25 or 25.5 or something yet last night. So... No, let's get some good Manchester weather back, some rain, 12 degrees and a coat. I think I'll be all right with that. Frankie, Frankie, we promise. Like, it's not always... Manchester weather's great. It's better than this. We promise. Um... This feels like some some kind of Frankie propaganda, doesn't it? So, Frankie, it's 42 degrees in the UK, Frankie. Come on. You like the hot weather. You've said that's what you like. Yeah. So, uh, so let's uh, let's keep that for, say, till September the 1st when the transfer window closes. That's probably going to run that long, isn't it? Um, today, on today's show, we're actually going to take stock of what United have done in the transfer window so far. They've made signings of Terrell Malassia, uh, Lisandro Martinez, although not officially done yet. United have confirmed there's an agreement there, and Christian Eriksen is also a new United player. They still want maybe one or two more players. Obviously, De Jong is one of those as well. Uh, so we're going to look at the question, how will Man United line up this season? Uh, keep it nice and general. We'll also roll in some quotes from Eric Ten Hag in his recent press interviews where some interesting quotes coming out from him about uh, the captaincy, Lisandro Martinez's best position, this kind of stuff, and also talking about holding midfield as well. So he literally used the word holding midfield. We are looking for a player who can play the holding midfield position. And we know how desperate Man United fans are for a holding midfielder or in FIFA lango language a DM I said lango then uh, a DM is on the agenda for Eric Ten Hag we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the position but we'll run from back to front keeper up to centre forward throughout today's show but just before we do get into that 
You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And watch us twice a week on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. So head over to that channel, hit the like button, join the community, subscribe, leave a comment. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And on Twitter, we are at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore P, and at Promise and MU for the show as well. Uh, Rob, anything you want to touch on before we get into the Dream 11 of Man United for 2022-23? Yeah, obviously, De Jong is going to go on forever and a day. It is the new Wesley Schneider, isn't it? Yeah, it must be a Dutch thing. So uh, I, I think with De Jong, uh, I said it yesterday and people were a bit like, oh, um, it might not get done till deadline day. Believe you know, I think that's where we are. Get with ready, it, strap in. Yeah, totally. Because this is all dependent on Barcelona's time scale of what they want to do with their squad. <laughs> Obviously, Barcelona continue to buy everyone while they're in horrendous debt. They don't seem to care about any of that kind of stuff. Um, but they do need to still move a wage off their bill, and it looks like the Frankie Dion wage is the easiest one to move. They already have a buyer. Frankie Dion does want to play for Manchester United. Let's again just put that stake in there. He would rather stay at Barcelona and not have all of these issues. But if Barcelona want him to go, he's told Ten Hag that he'll come to Manchester United. So that's where we stand with it. And I think that that's the biggest news story of the day for United fans, isn't it? People are waiting for that midfielder to to be ticked off and to be in the United shirt. Yes, we would have liked him to be in at the football club already. But unfortunately, Barcelona have not allowed that. Ten Hag has also said he would have liked to have seen this signing made already. We'll talk about that when we get to the midfield position. But first off, I guess, uh, let's let's get into the team, shall we, Rob? Who's going to play in goal for Man United? Oh, no, let's, before before that, what system are we picking here? What What is the exact formation numbers? You know, how many, how many defenders, how many midfielders, how many attacking midfielders and how many forwards? It's going to be 4-2-3-1, but it's not going to look like 4-2-3-1. So that's a great way to start the show, isn't it? Completely cryptic. But there are different ways, obviously, of playing 4-2-3-1. And the Dutch way of playing it is much more progressive. It looks like a 4-3-3. So I think United will will just play that system because I think Ten Hag settled on that in his time at Ajax. It seemed to be what he preferred. But as he's talked about, he's always talked about moving pieces. He's always talked about his forwards, what his midfielders do, what he expects his centre-backs to do, how he expects his full-backs to play higher up, the press, the uh, the counter-press as well. How do you actually implement those things? And you can do that in a 4-2-3-1 best. So there we are. Right. So I think the first decision is pretty obvious, but it looks like David De Gea will continue as the first-choice goalkeeper. I'll frame the quest- this question, though. How much time has he got to prove to Eric Ten Hag that he can play a go- as a goalkeeper with the qualities that Ten Hag is looking for? Is this his last season as first choice? And will, you, will United potentially look to sign a new goalkeeper next year or the year after? I think they will be looking at goalkeeping alternatives simply because the game is more on the deck now about playing out from the back. But, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep regurgitating this line all through the season... If you give David De Gea better players in front of him and he can play a five or 10 yard ball to those better players, you're fine. That's it. The issue has been the way United play out from the back. De Gea is having to play balls that he shouldn't be playing wide, 
the centre-backs going really wide into the full-back positions and then it comes in and then it ends up at Fred's feet. And what happens? Fred gives the ball away. So that's the issue. So you've got to kind of solve four or five players to help De Gea be a better player on the deck. You don't need De Gea to be Edison or Allison. He's not those players. He's never going to be those players, is he? You can look for your next Edison or Allison, But I do think, again, when you look at, at De Gea, his feet are not completely awful. I've watched the guy do thousands of warm-ups in front of me, and I've watched him kick a football loads. He can pass the ball. It's just what he's passing to and how United are setting up in defence. So I think that this year we might be pleasantly surprised. We've seen already on the tour, De Gea starting on the edge of his box. It's obviously a mandate. It's been told to him. You start here, you sweep, you do other stuff. And I think he can do it. It's just that other managers, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, didn't want him to do that. Ole wanted him to stick on his line and said, stay there, mate, you're the goalkeeper. So... I think it's now more about Ten Hag and his tactics as opposed to what De Gea can do. Dean Henderson obviously been shipped out on loan. Uh, no option to buy in his deal with Nottingham Forest and there's no other real... You know, I, I think United are looking for a backup keeper uh, and they've been linked with a few, but no, nothing's come in yet. I'd imagine if they do make one, that'll be a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, you think? And the thing with Dino, like think about it, Dino is better on the deck than De Gea. So like logic dictates that if that was a thing and needed to be solved now, you'd probably be playing Dean Henderson, wouldn't you? Like Dean Henderson was linked with Ajax last year. So, you know, we know that Ten Hag likes Dean Henderson, but that's not the way the direction of the team has gone. So you've got De Gea, he's under contract. And I think last year, you know, he, he earned his stripes again. You know, he's one of our best players in terms of saving the ball. But other metrics will tell you that he's not as good as maybe some of the other top goalkeepers in the Premier League at sweeping up. But I think we'll be OK in the earliest days. So I think that that's the easiest pick in this team this year. I think the first 11, De Gea is probably the first name on the sheet. Yeah, and I think that United will probably look at Henderson's loan, hoping that he has or he can recapture some of the Sheffield United form that he showed where his value was elevated to the point where they could sell him and then they just decided not to. <laughs> and that's the uh, thing, isn't it? Like, if he had, like, say he's the goalkeeper of the year in the Premier League this year, he could be. could be the best goalkeeper. And I've said this, he could go to the World Cup as England's number one. He might have a stellar few months and completely got rocket through people. What we'll be saying at the end of this season, Scott, we're going... Maybe maybe Dean Henderson should come back to Manchester United. You know, why, why spend fifty million on another goalkeeper? So let's all wait. Let's wait and see with that. I don't believe Dean Henderson will come back, but there's always that chance that he could do a Jesse Lingard uh, and suddenly be back in Man United. Leave sport. on a free. Yeah, yeah exactly, and then do absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Looks like Jesse Lingard's going to West Ham. Uh, from what we understand, it's taken taken him enough time to decide that. But you think uh... he knows where East London is by now, wouldn't you? You think he, you think he could find his way there? Yes, indeed. Let's let's find our way to right back. Next position on the list. There are links, and I I do believe that United actually would like an alternative right back, maybe one on the cheap side, similar to what they obviously they signed Terrell Malassia on the left side. Maybe a similar cost kind of player, but I, I would imagine it depends on the other positions that they spend on. But I think it's as it stands. Diogo Dallo is looks first choice, doesn't he? I think Aaron Wambasaka, he's going to have to improve a hell of a lot with the ball at his feet in order to win his place back. Yeah, so we've talked about shape and about how Man United will play out from the back and what what. So what do you do on those fullback positions? So on the left, you're kind of sorted, aren't you? You've seen that 
you know, we'll go into that in a minute with Sean Malashia and obviously Alex Teller still being at the football club, mysteriously being played as a left-sided centre-back at the moment to, I think, show the Martinez way. This is what we'll be doing with a left-footed player there. But on the right-hand side, you have got options. And I, I, I think with Aaron Wambasaka, it's going to be tough for him because I just don't think he has a technicality. So he has upside to his game. He can be aggressive. That's something that Ten Hag likes in his defenders. But can he really offer production on that side? And I think I think the bigger question with, with Aaron is, has he already hit a ceiling at such a young age? And that's a difficult one because he might have a great year, but will he get minutes? So I think on that right-hand side, in terms of starting, it is Delo. You know, I think Delo is by default... But it also depends what Man United want to do with, say, someone like Ethan Laird. Could he force his way in? Can he show that he should stay at the football club or is he going to go out on loan? Probably will go out on loan. But you saw in the kind of few minutes that he's had already on this tour, he's a progressive straight line fullback. He's going to get that ball. He's going to drive it. And that's exactly what Ten Hag likes. Yeah, United have been linked with uh, Lons left back, Jonathan Klaus, over the last few yeah. days. He's at, costs maybe under 10 million. Yeah. Uh, highly rated, actually. He is 29, a late, bit of a late developer, but he's been linked with a few different clubs. Marseille, Chelsea's name have been linked with him as well, mm-hmm. uh, maybe as an alternative to Reese James. I think we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But it looks, from what I understand, it looks like Marseille are probably in chief position to get him at the moment, but United's name is in there. I think United still have overtures for Timber. So I, yes, I think it's one of these things that... With Jurian Timber, you know, depending on obviously what happens in the next 12 months for him at Ajax, um, no kind of change on his contractual situation if, if he's open to a move when it comes to that. You've then got a different kind of player at right back or, or right centre back. And then you can kind of think progressively and think, well, maybe now we're talking Timber and Martinez at centre back. Or is this guy going to play to the right hand side of the defence? So I don't think that we'll see a rush at right back to just buy a player. I think United have got players they can develop, but it's one position I still think is really sticky. I think it really is. I think right back has always been an issue. But one thing Ten Hag said after the first couple of games of the tour is that he was really impressed with the right-hand side. Because he obviously tasked them and said, right, you need to do this. And they did quite well, mainly because the ball was getting up to Jadon Sancho a lot quicker. Yes, so Diogo Dallo, right-sided, right-sided, or right-back, sorry. I was going to say right side of centre half. That's definitely not what deal Dallow is. Uh, but yes, let's move on to centre half then. Do you want to do this one at a time or do you want to do it as a pair, Rob? Because Lisandro Martinez has been signed. They have six other centre backs on the books at the moment. Twanzebe, Phil Jones, Eric Bailly, all, you know, they're on the market if they'd like to sell them. I'm sure if United had a good offer for Victor Lindelof as well, they might consider that. Harry Maguire, absolutely. You know, he's copped so much criticism over the last few years since he's joined United for his level of performance, his speed, etc., etc. And Rafa Varane, who is a World Cup and multiple-time Champions League winner who just can't stay fit enough for long enough to, you know, hold down a place in the first team. Lisandro Martinez has been signed in the knowledge that, and it does, you know, all the noises that have been that Lisandro Martinez will come in to play at left centre-back. Uh, and that is where Harry Maguire has been playing over the last few years. So is this the natural replacement for Harry Maguire? Will Eric Ten Hag drop him? Will Maguire sh- switch to the right-hand side of the centre-back pairing? Well, Harry uh, might might be switching to the bench 
I think. So uh, Just, I, before we on. make these picks, uh, Ten Hag's in his press conference, uh, or his not he, uh, he's been speaking to the press and he's actually spoken about Maguire and the captaincy. He said, "I always see the captaincy as an issue that I dictate. Team building for me is important, and I always talk about a group of leaders. The captain is really important, for, an important one, and I'm happy with him as in Maguire." But there's also internal competition, and that is what a club like Man United needs. You cannot win with 11 players. We need a squad, especially this season with so many games. And I think he was also talking about the World Cup coming in the uh, in the middle of the season as well. We have good centre-halves, and Harry is one of them. He can play the left side and on the right because he's right-footed. He's played 60-odd times for England. He's very impressive, and I expect a lot from him. He's proved it in the past, but also has to prove it in the present and the future. I'll support him wherever I can. In the end, he has to do it by himself, and he has the qualities to do it. So, squad player, Ben? Expensive squad player, isn't it? But mm. I think this is where you're in with the transition at Manchester United. Is there going to be a few players that are not happy because they're not going to start? But if they can prove it... Perform then better, then. This is exactly it. You know, you've got to find a way now of, of balancing performance and reputation. Reputation gets you nothing. Performance is everything. So, you know, let's talk about the centre-backs as a pairing, because I do think it will be Martinez plus one. I think you're buying this player for specific skill sets. He can ball carry. He can ball play. He's just fantastic pass on the ball. You know, he's absolutely up there in Europe in terms of his position about how to get the ball out from the back in a progressive manner. But he's also aggressive, no nonsense. He'll go and hurt the opponent if he has to. Like, and I mean that in the kindest Stuart Pierce type of way. You know, he will put his body on the line. And I think United have missed all of these things for such a long time. So the natural partner, of course, is Varane. But that's if Varane has got two playable legs on him. And he hasn't. He's had issues. He's got muscle problems. And it just seems to repeat every three, four, five, six weeks. They've already repeated on the tour where he's had to train away from the camp at times. Did Real so, Madrid get one over on United there? I don't know if they got one over them because I think that that's a deal I'd have done every day in the week. You needed a defender like Rafael Varane. And Varane clearly wanted to do something different. But what I will say is this, is that Real Madrid sold Rafael Varane and won Champions League. Mm-hmm. So Real Madrid did what they had to do. And it's, I'm always an advocate of that with football clubs. Is go and do what you have to do. Don't worry about whether you, who you're selling or who you're buying. Just do the business that gets you where you need to be. So Varane could still be a really good sign-in, but I do fear for his long-term United future. And as I've said, you know, if he's not fit and that's a re- repetitive issue with Varane, then he can't be a starter. So it has to be, probably, people are going to cringe, Martinez and Maguire. So that's probably your starting centre-back pairing. But I also do think that Victor Lindelof has a unique opportunity this year with this manager, just simply because of his own skill sets. I still think, you know, like, could you play Lindelof and and Martinez and and have, you know, two players who are not the tallest centre-backs? Well, yes, I think that's happening more and more in world football. But I do think that you'll probably want someone who is maybe more competent in the air next to Martinez, even though Martinez's aerial stats are fantastic for someone who's five foot nine. So uh, it's a little bit of a wait and see, but I do think Martinez will be the leader at the back now. And I think potential Manchester United captain in say maybe 12 months time. 12 months. Yeah. I think a year down the line, I I don't think that Maguire, even if he's on the bench is going to lose the armband, not, not full time. 
Yeah, like he won't be able to play, but he will be the, the, the de facto Mark Noble, like I said the other week. You know, he's going to just be someone that runs the club as the captain, but doesn't actually play. And it happens. It happens a lot now. But it does mean that he's not going to be happy on the bench, is he? Like in a year's time, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit here and earn my money and like not actually play. And now I've lost my England spot. And, you know, everyone thinks I'm even worse than I am. And blah 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 so i i don't think you're going to see any captaincy being stripped from him anytime soon yeah i'd agree with that i mean uh, there were points where i didn't think that he'd end up dropping harry Maguire. um but you know it, it does seem like everyone's got to get in there on merit and i think martinez will probably take out that left center back position and it'll be a Maguire or Varane plus martinez for for the most part, because obviously, and I, I do think Lindelof does have a chance as well, but I think, yeah, I, I don't know if you'll get an exact pairing every single week. Like, you know, Liverpool do it too, don't they? They kind of switch in yeah. Canate and Matip. Uh, it's not a centre-back two that is playing every single game. And United used to do it all the time with Johnny Evans. So Johnny Evans would, would still play 20 or 30 games a season and, and he wasn't a starter. You know, he wasn't a starter, but he would still be in that rotational mix. And I think that this is the way you're going to have to do it now with Varane. Is that if his fitness is a real problem, I do not see this new manager investing his time and energy into a player like Varane and just fingers crossed he'll be fit one day. Because I think that the kind of indicators are saying that it's not going to be the case. So I think that Maguire is going to play plenty of football this year. I think Lindelof will play plenty of football and they'll have the chance to kind of live and die by the sword. Let's move to left back. I think these are two pretty clear options at the moment. And yeah. we've spoken about Alex Tellez. Uh, you get you you know from the very fact, I think, that Tellez is being used as the left centre-back option means that he's the left-back option that will be discarded if an opportunity arises, right? Yeah, people are saying, oh, he's being developed as a left centre-back. No, Isn't that not. clever by Tenok? No, 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 no. <laughs> what he's saying is you're never playing left-back for me, ever. And what he's saying is you're going to play left centre-back so I can start my system with a left-sided player there because I've just bought Martinez for 55 million. So that's what that is. He's almost like playing, acting a role in a play. You know, so he, he is at the moment Lissandra Martinez. And when Lissandra Martinez actually turns up, Alex Tellez might be gone. So at left-back, I still think that Luke Shaw is the starter. And I think we've, uh, you know, we're debating, is it Malaysia, Malachia, Malaysia? It doesn't really matter at the moment. I think he's going to need time. So mm -hmm. even just seeing in the tour, a really good progressive play. You can see I like how he comes narrow. Don't know if you noticed that. It comes into the channel and comes inside. Almost becomes a central midfielder. Who does that remind you of at Manchester City? So this is kind of, again, systematic. We talk about what your fullbacks do. Man United's fullbacks have kind of done this forever and been really poor, not getting assists, not overlapping, not doing the work. But if you've got a center, if you've got a, a wide player that can come narrow and do exactly what Manchester City have done with their fullbacks over the last two, three, four years, then you can do something different. So I think that's where his upside will be. But I think Luke Shaw will have to learn those things. But Luke Shaw as well is really good narrow. I think when he comes into the midfield, he's got good feet, he's got good technique. It's just now a case of can he assimilate to all the tactics that, that Ten Hag wants and can he do the work? So it, it's a question of fitness, but it's, you've got really two solid options now at left back. Easy one, that one. Uh, we'll probably spend a lot of time on the central midfield area, so we may as well just jump into it now. 
Uh, how are we playing this one then, Rob? Because United have lost Paul Pogba. They've lost Nemanja Matic. Uh, they are looking to sign Frankie de Jong, as we have said. We both do still think that Frankie de Jong will end up joining at some point. But as it stands, he has not joined United. He's in the US with Barcelona at the moment. Uh, they decided to take, to take him on tour, but they do obviously need to trim their wage bill. So this one could take a while. It's been McTominay and Fred generally as the midfield two in uh, preseason tour games from the start. Obviously, Zidane Iqbal and Charlie Savage have rotated in. Christian Eriksen has been signed. And Donny van der Beek is there. Uh, should we do the midfield as a three? Or do you want to do it as a as a two and a one? We can do it as a three because, as I said, I think the shape progressively is going to look like that. So in possession, United will become a 4 3 free unit. So let's do the three then. Okay, let's do the three. And I'll say this first. So Ten Hag has said ahead of the game against Crystal Palace, which uh, we're recording just before, by the way. Uh, but obviously, United have other games on their preseason tour. Palace is the latest. We'll be watching that just after after we finish recording this. We are looking for a player who can play the holding midfield position, but it has to be the right one. There are not many in that position capable of the level we demand. We have a list, and we will strike the moment the player is available. We, he said we will strike a few times. <laughs> when we can't find him, we have to deal with the players in our squad now, and we will develop one in that position. So that was... I believe that response was in was to a question on Frankie de Jong specifically. United aren't targeting any other midfielders at the moment that we know of outside of Frankie de Jong. So does Eric Ten Hag see Frankie de Jong as the holding midfielder, the but the guy who can, you know, sit in there, you know, when United are in possession, he'll drop back into, you know, the left side of defense or wherever he's going to go and start dictating play from that position and moving forward with that's probably what he's looking for isn't it so he's he's not the the destroyer holding midfielder that i think a lot of united fans want but this is De- ten hag's definition of a holding midfielder exactly and it's all about definition so at the top of the show you talked about fifa and how football fans talk about DMFs all the time now, you know, oh, well, you need your DMF. You don't have a world-class DM. No team operates, works, you can't win. It's Andrea Pirlo was never a great defensive player. There we go. You know, this this is the thing. I, even when you look at Manchester City, let's say, or Liverpool, you know, people will say, is like Fabinho a, a defensive player? Yes, he is, but he's a ball player. Ball on the deck. When Thiago plays as a sick, is, is, he, a, is he a destroyer? No, he isn't. He's a ball player. So I think the most important thing here is that you have that function to be able to go from centre-back to midfield quickly and have a midfield that can actually play. May United haven't had that for years, have they? So will, should we include De Jong in this now? No, I don't think we should because he doesn't play for us at the moment. But certainly I think if De Jong's at the football club, he fulfills that function next to someone else who maybe is more defensive-minded, Scott McTominay or Fred, dare I say it, and you have someone like De Jong who gets the ball and moves it and gets it to the front four quicker. Because I think the shape in that 4-2-3-1 would actually be more like a 4-2-4. That's kind of the way it will be. But let's do the three midfielders. So at the top end, it's Bruno Fernandes. So Bruno Fernandes is going to play that role. And it's about who does he rotate with? I think he'll rotate probably with Christian Eriksen 
that leads a big question over what happens to Donny van der Beek. Because even though Donny is much better as the 10, it really depends on on who you get in now in this midfield uh, berth, if you get De Jong or not. It's a, it's a big consideration. But then you've got these, kind of other, these two other roles. I'm going to go a little bit left field, Scott, because I think it's boring to talk about McFred. No one wants to talk about McFred, but they still will play plenty of minutes. I really do think we're going to see starting minutes at some point for Zidane Iqbal and also Charlie Savage. I think they're both going to play because they are technical and he wants technical players in there. And him talking about the number six there in a holding way, he's he's already t- revealing his cards. He's not looking for destroyers in his team. He's not looking for energy. You know, Ole would look for that. He wanted energy in there. Run, 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 spoil. But I think Ten Hag will look to youth to, in the short term. And I think those two boys might well be the surprise candidates in there. So just one of them with, say, Scott, or one of them with Fred for the time being, and then you allow Bruno to go and do Bruno things. I don't think you'll see Christian Eriksen playing back there. That's not a thing. He's not good at it. He's not great at getting the ball that deep. But it gives you options to rotate. You might even see Donny van der Beek at times playing a little bit deeper because he can do it. It's just that he's not very good at it. Not in, Certainly not in my opinion of what we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I think those two youngsters are going to be probably the left field players at the moment. And we've not even seen Hannibal yet, have we? You know, Hannibal uh, in, yeah. in oh, terms of the talk. Is he well, no, no, the 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 the, the, the whispers are is that Ten Hag's not massively impressed behind the scenes. Not happy with what, what his game is, thinks he needs development, thinks he needs to go, leave the club, go and play on loan. So that's why he's not really been included. Whereas Savage and Iqbal have been playing minutes, haven't they? They've been played halves of football with some of the more senior players. And I've been massively impressed with those two boys. Like, they were great last year, coming through the ranks. And they look, they're so far ahead of the curve already. I look at them, I think, yeah, you could be Premier League footballers, even though you are young. Um, I wouldn't go that strong yet. I think, uh, <laughs> I do think United will sign a midfielder, whoever it is. And that will probably, I, may, I think one of them maybe will will end up playing a bit more than the other one. But we'll see. I mean, Herit and Arg himself has said, we have to deal with the players in our squad and we will develop one in that position if we don't sign one. So it is it is a suggestion that uh, maybe yeah. one of those players will get a chance. But yeah, I think we're looking at really... Yeah. Uh, can Bruno and Eriksson play together with someone behind them? I think Eriksson can play together. Again, we're talking shapes and 4-2-3-1 and how it will look. And as I described it, it's more kind of like a 4-2-4 at times. But I think that if you're playing that system, you can play Ericsson on the right of that front line. You really can. But then it depends what you want to do with Jaden Sancho. And I think Jaden Sancho has already shown that, you know, he's going to play where he wants to play. Wherever he's playing well, Jaden Sancho is going to be an automatic starter. But the, having Ericsson allows you to maybe support two or three different functions in the attack that he can play around. And I think that Ericsson will, will force his way into the starting eleven somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Somewhere on that football pitch. And at Tottenham, he did it on the right. I think people forget that. That was his position. He's not a right winger, but this is not a wing system. This is not a winger system. This is about fullbacks getting forward, giving you width, and players coming from the outside into the channel, which is what Sancho does so well. Kind of a playmaker, a wide playmaker. Absolutely a playmaker. That's exactly what... That's the modern game. That is the modern game now. Wide players are playmakers. They're not as much speed merchants anymore. You know, they don't get to the byline and cut the ball back. But you can see Ericsson doing that more, can't you? Ericsson will be the guy that picks the lock 
and finds the pass in the box, finds a Martial, finds a Rashford, finds someone, Ronaldo, if he's at the football club. And that's how you facilitate through those positions. Just uh, on Donny before we move on. Not too, don't read too much into this at the moment. I mean, uh, but there's been chat of a swap deal with uh, AC Milan. Ismail Benassir is definitely mm-hmm. the kind of playmaker style player that you, you think might, might, might end, up to, end up turning to. Don't think you can read too much into this at the moment, but the suggestions are from certainly reporters in Italy that maybe Van der Beek is able or is available for United to swap out with someone like Benesir. So do you see Donny getting a chance this season or is is there a chance he ends up leaving before the window closes? A bit of both. You know, uh, I think, again, the narrative for United fans is, oh, you've got Ten Hag now. Ten Hag loves Donny van der Beek and let's get on with it. But Donny van der Beek's got to be better. So if Donny van der Beek isn't better or can't find his level or his best level, then I do think that he will be one of those surplus to requirements. This is why you've brought in Christian Eriksen. Now, Christian Eriksen is a different kind of player to Van der Beek. He's much more of a creative, established, you know, he knows, you know, he walks the walk, he talks the talk, he does it all. He knows what he's doing. Whereas Donny van der Beek came from Ajax with a ton of potential, had done well in the short term at Ajax. But again, a little bit of confusion around what was his best position. And the truth is, you know, he went to Everton. He didn't really prove anything at Everton, did he? I think he did okay. But, you know, Everton didn't go, yeah, you're our guy and we're going to turn to you. So I think that's where he is at Manchester United. He's still in limbo. I don't think he's going to be part of the starting eleven. I think he's not going to start many games. And that means he's in the same scenario he was in last year and the year before with Ole. And that is that he's not going to get the minutes to prove himself. Do I think he'll be sacrificed with another transfer? Potentially, you know, I can see him being used as a swap deal or being moved out because if you can get someone to to be a taker, and I think that's the bigger issue here, is someone going to pay the fee for Donny van der Beek, um, then I think you would move him on. It's it's all suggested there, Scott. Certainly, again, when you're looking at bringing in De Jong and you're you're making your team around the likes of Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes, you're kind of already squeezing out Donny van der Beek. He's going to have to hit the ground running. When he gets that chance to come on a football pitch in the Premier League, he's going to have to prove it from minute one. It's really vital for him. I'll ask you about your... United played Brighton in their first Premier League game. I'll ask you in a second about what midfield combination we'll be seeing, Mm. whether we get De Jong or not. But I would just like to point this out as well. I'm kind of looking at dream scenario. I'm thinking United signed De Jong this summer and Declan Rice next. But Ten Hag, is, uh, Ten Hag said, I would like to sign English players, but there's only one criteria, and that's quality in combination with price. It looks like English players are quite expensive. It's a fact you can't deny. In the end, it's about quality. So suggesting there that, you know, maybe United won't overpay for Declan Rice. Uh, but I think that is the suggestion, definitely. That is the suggestion. So maybe I have to stop dreaming of that. Uh, midfield pairing but yeah Rob uh, if United United play Brighton on the 7th of August as it stands what's your three in midfield people are going to hate me for it but it's going to be what we know <laughs> it is isn't it it's going to be what we know it's McFred and, and it's McFred because I still think that when in these earliest incarnations of Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United and he said this only the other day he can develop and develop and develop and keep developing, but on day one, he has to win. He says that. First game in the Premier League, I have to win it. You know, this isn't, this isn't an extended pre-season. 
So we've already seen, haven't we, that those two guys have started the games in, in the earliest parts of the preseason tour. Um, and I think it will be those two guys playing in a double pivot, but tasked to do other things. So you'll, you'll find that Fred and McTominay will, might play further apart and one will be a single pivot and one will be released to go further forward. But then it's Bruno Fernandes. So I think you'll start with that. The fact that Christian Eriksen's not been part of preseason, that is an issue. You can't really start him. You might even find that Martinez does not start the first game of the season for the same reason that he's not been part of the core group. You have to do his preseason work away from the bright lights. So the first game is, is a weird one because I think we might see some like, you know, Ollieisms or Ranyakisms, do you know what I mean, with the new manager. But this is why I'm saying it's a slow process because you, you've got to go out and buy a central midfielder. Even if you buy Frankie De Jong tomorrow, I don't think Frankie De Jong starts the first game because he needs a preseason in him. He needs he needs to do all the work. So United fans, of course, don't want to hear any of that. But those three players there in central midfield, they're probably going to be the fittest. So that's why you start them in game one. Do you go forward with them? Mm, probably not. You, you are looking for a midfielder. But like you said, Scott, you know, if you don't get De Jong, there isn't really anything happening at the moment. United have got targets, but they're not just going to say 80 million for Ruben Neves. It's not going to happen. That, that deal is not happening at the moment. And the inquiries have gone flat. So United do want a midfielder, but could have got Basuma, couldn't you, or someone like that for 25 million? And he might have dropped in there, but there was reasons why they didn't go for him. And he's at Tottenham now. He might be very good at Spurs. But you might be looking at signing at that bracket to bring in if you don't get your £80 million Dutchman in Frankie de Jong. Let's say United did land de Jong tomorrow and he was miraculously fit for this first game. Which of McFred drop out? Fred. i picked McTominay, actually. But... I think the reason why is that watching these the, the first two tour games really, really closely is the player who's given the ball away the most is Fred. That's it. So Fred's played half a football and looks like he's playing football with a bar soap. Just doesn't stick to his foot. Whereas Scotty has actually looked technically more proficient in these earlier stages. He's doing more simple stuff. So you haven't got Scott McTominay turning and having to play a, a 20, 30 yard ball to anyone. He's getting the ball and he's giving it to creatives. And that's what you want him to do. Fred, on the other hand, is trying to be more expansive. I'm Brazilian, scored a brilliant goal, didn't he? Chipped it over and you're like, wow, that's an amazing goal. But I think on day one, if you were bringing in De Jong and De Jong's going to be your ball mover, you know, your life player who's going to run with the ball and spray passes and find Bruno and, you know, hit the channel with a beautiful bit of vision. I think you need sturdiness next to him. And that will probably be Scott McTominay. Let's move forward then, shall we? We've already spoke about Christian Eriksen uh, potentially playing on the right-hand side, but we both don't really think he'll start the season there. But seems like a natural pick now on the right-hand side, do we think? Yeah, and I think that this also holds up the, the theory with Anthony, is that Manchester United still do want Anthony, but are you going to get him this summer? Probably not. They're going to continue to inquire, and if I, I ex come to a deal with them, it will happen. But it's not happening today. And I do think Manchester United are looking at buying a striker. I think this is the other side of it. They would like to add to their number nine stock because they're not quite sure what's going on with Cristiano. Um, but I think on that right-hand side, you know, Jaden would be the best fit there at the moment. But it doesn't mean that Jaden can't play on the left and that you play Ericsson on the right. And it actually becomes quite a narrow system. And, and you, you have three creative players behind a number nine. Uh, that might suit Cristiano a little bit more. I certainly think it will suit um, someone like Anthony Martial or any of the strikers. 
And it's about, about balance, isn't it? And I think that will develop over time and we'll see whether Ten Hag prefers someone like Ericsson on that side or whether Jaden Sancho just blows it out the water and becomes Borussia Dortmund, Jaden Sancho on the right-hand side and you're like, he has to start every game on the right because he's so good getting a goal or an assist every game. I think he can reach that level again. And, it, and I've been excited about the stuff I've seen from him during pre-season. He looks really, really sharp. Yeah, and I think... For me, I, you mentioned like first name on the team sheet earlier. I don't think Sancho's too far behind that. I th- wherever he ends up playing, obviously we both said in the past you could see him as potentially a ten in the future. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but either on the right or the left hand side, I think Jaden Sancho is going to play a lot of minutes this season. Yeah, and you need players that have diversity in, in their positioning. So even if they are playing, in, as I said, in a 4-2-3-1 and he's the right-sided player, you need to know you could switch him quickly and play him on the left. And if you see something that you can exploit on a, say, a fullback that's not having a good day, that you go and get Jadon Sancho because he's, he's absolutely being a worldie, put him on him and destroy him and score a goal. So that's kind of, I think, how Ten Hag will want to play it. And that's why the, sh- the shape going forward will be, I think, this 4-3-3. That will suit Jadon Sancho down to the ground. And on, if we pick Sancho for the right, the left side seems to be at the moment. You know, I don't have that many options. Marcus Rashford? It's going to be what we know. It's Marcus. So I think Marcus... Wow, this is, this is really boring. Yeah, isn't it? But it's boring, <laughs> but it's got to be said. So this is kind of why we're saying, because I think, again, in the whole football manager styling of the world, that you, people just think you just change eight and you get on with it. And it doesn't work like that. And, and I think you also do it by merits. This is what Ten Hag has said repeatedly the last few weeks, is that players are going to do it on merit. Marcus has looked all right on that side. He looks fitter than he's looked for a long time. Can he give you the technical acumen you need in that forward line on the left? That is a bigger question. You know, is he going to be Fred on the left? So we just said there about Fred giving the ball away. If Marcus is the player that gives the ball away on that side, Marcus Rashford won't be starting games. It won't be. But as it is today, and certainly with the fitness levels, one of the things we know Eric Ten Hag has said is that he wants to reboot Marcus Rashford's career. He believes that as a Manchester boy and with his previous kind of achievements and what he's done for England and all of that stuff, that he believes that this player can help him on that side. Incredible pace, good finishing. You might even see Marcus play through the middle at times. So that kind of keeps him in the team. You might be able to do something else on the left. But then after that, there's not many picks, is there? Like you might find that getting rotation in matches, like just a dead Jaden going from right to left. That if you play Martial down the middle, and we'll talk about strike in a minute, you might find that Martial goes to the left, Rashford goes to the centre, and that's a ploy that Ten Hag does in matches to exploit defenders. You know, saying this player's got this skill set, I can exploit this, and I think we'll see a lot of that. That's a very, very Ten Hag thing to do. Anthony Alanga, probably the other option. Yeah, as it stands, but I I don't uh, I don't see him forcing his way in. Per- personally, I don't see him forcing his way in. But it, it's all about. I just n- nearly ripped my headphones out of my head. Uh, sorry, about I do that. that every show. It's fine. Yeah, sorry about that. I I don't see Anthony Alanga forcing his way in as being a permanent starter in this team, like I think Jaden Sancho would, for example. But you know, he's got ta- he's got some time to uh, prove himself. And like we say, this is all about performing well and earning your place in the team. So I think it's open for everyone. Yeah, totally. But And I, and I actually think Alanga will play more minutes than people expect because, again, he fits the system. He fits the Ten Hag way. Energy, he'll press, 
he'll push, he'll harry. Yeah, he's not he's not always got the best quality. And I think that that's a, an issue. You know, you have to look at him, but you can develop those things. You can get better at them. This is why I mentioned the two young lads, you know, Zidane and, Sav- and Savage, because they're two lads who've already got kind of technique inbuilt into them. So you can find ways of, of making them useful. And I think Alang will be a really useful wide option. Certainly this year, if you don't buy Anthony, if you don't buy Anthony, you've then got Alang who can play either side. You've got Ericsson who is fluid. And you could say to yourself, right, you know, say Jaden gets a knock and he's out for a few weeks. I'm going to play Langer there. He'll push that side for me because he, he might not have the creati- creativity of uh, a Jaden Sancho, but he can get the ball to the creative players and also score. You know, he knows where the back of the net is. He can also play as a centre forward. So there is always those options with these players. You want versatility in your squad. Centre forward then, Anthony Martial has been playing through there in preseason quite impressively at times, uh, but obviously... We know the elephant in the room is Cristiano Ronaldo. And obviously there's been noises about Atletico Madrid in the last few days. There's been noises about noises about sporting club de Portugal in the last few days. And Ronaldo has come out and called those rumors fake. The first time we've seen him shut any rumor down. And you look at that and think, all right, that's one club he's ruled out, but he's not he's not denied that he would like to leave at all. So there's definitely, you know, he definitely would like to leave for an option which doesn't appear to exist at the moment. I'm not sure Atletico will pull the trigger on signing Ronaldo either. Uh, but Ten Hag has also been speaking about Ronaldo. I am well informed, and he also has an option. No, <laughs> as in this is what this is what he said yesterday. He also has an option in his contract for the club to extend his deal. So is he suggesting there that United might take up that option? Uh, he also said, I think Cristiano is capable of doing that. As in high high pressing demands his career has shown everything the players dictate the way you play especially players who score goals because they're extremely important for a team you construct your team around them but i've set my demand we want to play a certain way a top player can contribute and ronaldo's a top player he's training i think we all know ronaldo's a top professional and he will be fit that's the last concern i have but ronaldo has not trained in preseason with united he's been keeping himself in good nick on his own he's not returned to camp yet does want to leave the club, but it remains to be seen where he goes. So, are we thinking Anthony Martial starts the season as the centre forward? And how soon is Ronaldo getting back into this team? Same issue of what we just said with the potential new signings about minutes in their legs, fitness. Ronaldo won't be ready on day one, will he? Whatever happens, you know. So, even if Ronaldo stays at the football club, and I think there's a growing feeling that that's the way it's going to go because there isn't a market for him. You know, the market that was there and being created by the likes of Barcelona, potentially Chelsea, those markets have evaporated now. Those clubs have made it crystal clear that they're not going to entertain bringing in a player on that wage at that age. It's not going to happen. But Cristiano does still want to leave. Atletico Madrid are kind of the most likely suitors at the moment. Still got this offer from Saudi Arabia. So there is a chance that he will go. But who's who's the starting striker? I think it's Anthony Martial. And I think the reason for that is because he's proved it in a very short space of time, you know, short time frame. You know, he's only been with the squad a, a kind of moment with uh, with Eric Ten Hag. But what I noticed in the first two games with Martial, and obviously he scored you know, in those games as well, is that he's being much more disciplined in the central channel. The reason why he just lost his game under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that after scoring 17 goals as a central striker, he started wandering off all over the place again. 
coming to get the ball on the left, coming deep, and, and just being useless, not helping you. So I think what we saw in his early early games here, early minutes under Ten Hag, is that Ten Hag has said, you're the striker, you stay in that central channel, and you live there, and we find you, and then you score, you tap the ball in the net. And that's about the system. So Ronaldo would kind of like that. Ronaldo would like that kind of football if he could just score from the penalty spot around that area every game. But it's about having someone that can press with the unit. And I think Martial's done that as well. One of the goals, I think it was the one that was against Liverpool, where he pressed mm-hmm. one of the defenders, got the ball, and then obviously ran 40 yards with the ball and a nice little chip finish over the goalkeeper and a nice little showing his skill factors. They're all still there. You know, he's still got those Anthony Martial things about him. But I think he'll be the starter. But I do think that Man United go and make another signing on top of De Jong. They will be buying a striker. They're in the market. We know this. It's just that who is that striker? I think it might be a more unfashionable name. People might not might be like, oh, you know, he's not Man United quality. But I think they'll be looking around. Are you the trying Premier to League. say Ivan Tony, Rob? Should I say it out loud? Yeah, I'm saying Ivan Tony. I don't so, think there's a chance personally. So, no, I don't think that Brentford want to do business with Ivan Tony. I think they also believe that that their season is dependent on him in terms of how he leads that team. You know, 17 goal involvements last year, 20 for the whole season. He's a, he's a key part of their team. But yes, his metrics have dropped in terms of his finishing from the championship. You'd expect that. But ultimately, it depends what kind of number nine you want. It really does. This is what it's it about does, yeah. now. So it's not about stars because you could have gone and got Dybala. Yeah, you could have gone and put the money on the table and said, don't get a Roma. Roma are rubbish. Come to us. Come to the Premier League. You'll earn more money and you'll be in the spotlight and you'll be a hero and you'll be a god. And he would have come. But United didn't want that. They're not looking for that type of centre forward. They're going to be looking for someone who's got physicality but doesn't give up the ball, doesn't allow you to lose the ball. He's going to be someone that does Sebastian Haller things. So you're, you're not saying that Tony's exactly like Haller. You know, they're, All they're the not... best to Sebastian Haller, by the way, after that news yesterday. I don't what, know if you've seen. Uh, no, no. Cancer diagnosis, testicular cancer. Oh, my God. No, that's awful. Or a tumour. No, I, I, no I hadn't heard about that at all. But you, you're looking for a player with Haller's skill set because Haller's uh, been bought by Ten Hag twice in his career. So you're looking for a player that has got the the ability to keep the ball, move the ball, but also just give you a bit of strength at the top, give you a bit of traditional number nine movement. And someone like Tony does that. Tony does that in Swaves. He'll drop into the channel. He'll drop deep. He can be at the top. And it'll be about someone you could get for a decent price. So again, the, t- the price mooted was 30 million. We believe it'll probably be more than that. I don't think Man United will be in the market for him if it's more than 30 million. However, if there's a chance of getting him at 30 million... I think they'll snap your hand off for him. We'll see. But I think we've just outlined the 11 there, Rob. I'll run back through it. Uh, nice and not a lot has changed, really, is it? But I'll, I'll run back through it from memory. David De Gea in goal. Diogo Dallow at right back. We're probably picking Harry Maguire alongside Lisandro Martinez. On day one, right. I'm going to go Varane because Varane is fit now, but might yeah. not be fit in five minutes. All right, we'll go Varane and Martinez. Maguire on the bench. Uh, Luke Shaw, McTominay, Fred, Bruno, Sancho, Rashford on the left, and Anthony Martial through the middle. <laughs> so, uh, how, many new, how many new signings is that? But One? like we've said, we've said it a lot, haven't we? We've said it a lot. Is that that these players are not 
as bad as people think. The tactics and the system have been bad, and they deserve the blame partly for that because you've got to perform still. doesn't matter what your manager tells you to do. You've still got to be good, and these main United players have not been good. So I think a lot of this is a little bit of a kind of auditioning period for these players. It's like, yeah, you want to win on day one. Ten Hag will demand that. But it's a new opportunity for you. And if you're not a bad footballer, if you're not Alex Tellers, I'm sorry I keep mentioning Alex Tellers, but Alex Tellers is a kind of archetypal version of last year coming into the team, getting a lot of minutes and being really bad and really contributing to you being, you know, losing football matches. If you're going to, if you're a good footballer, an international footballer, and you can pass the ball and you can take on new ideas, then a lot of this main night squad will remain. And then you should be adding to it layer by layer, slowly, slowly, slowly. And there's no doubt, I think, the four players, if you add uh, De Jong to that, they will all be starters as the season rolls on. Yeah, uh, I believe it's evolution rather than revolution. I think that's the way that it's been put. It has to and be. It has to be that way. I think Ten Hag will learn firsthand for himself about all of his players throughout the course of this season. Mm-hmm. And as long as the results are decent, and pro- progress is being shown, style of play progress is being shown, I think he'll he'll have time. It's worth adding as well, like with the conservative nature of Manchester United's board, and we know that, that Ten Hag has got this mandate now to go and pick players and buy players and effectively ha- be his own scouting department. The board still need convincing that when you're shifting players on big wages off the bill for whatever price, that that's the right decision. But Ten Hag can't say to them today... Oh no, Anthony Martial! Yeah, I want to sell him. Let's let's move him out now. You can't say it because he doesn't know him. So if after you know we get to ne- the next window and Anthony Martial sat on the bench and looking miserable, Ten Hag can then say, "Get this player out of my football club. He's taking up a squad spot that I don't want." It's the same with Ronaldo, isn't it? I think that will be the saga with Ronaldo if he stays. There'll be lots of this and a lot of is Cristiano happy? Because Cristiano cannot hide it when he's not happy on his face. He shows it, hands on hips. I'm going to stand in the centre circle and I'm not going to do a lot and I'm going to cry. You know, do you remember the Ranić incident where he came yeah, off, got yeah. substituted and he sat there and he kind of did all of this and like like he's 12 years old, like a child. And Ranić had to kind of hold his arm and say, listen, mate, I'm the manager. And I think we'll see a lot of that. I don't think Ten Hag is a shrinking violet. So I think we need to go through that process. And that definitely means that it's going to be evolution and not revolution. There you have it then. Not probably not what every Man United fan wanted to hear, but that is or does appear to be the way it's turning out. I think Frankie Dion, that's going to rumble on for a little while. Let's just hope United can get it done and get it done sooner rather than later. But I'm sure we'll talk about Frankie Dion on future shows, Rob regardless of whether he comes in or not. Uh, You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes. And watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube as well. So head over to that channel, The Promised Land and Manchester United Podcast, I believe is the full name of the channel. Hit the like button on the latest video and all of the other ones we've done. Subscribe and join the community. Leave a comment as well. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. And follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B. And at Promise and MU for the show. Rob, thank you very much. I hope you don't melt before Friday when we're back for another show. But hopefully uh, the weather breaks for us soon. We can have a bit of relief. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.